everybody, it's the MPG Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Josh Mosler. This week I got Corey and Monica from Savannah Home Solutions. Yep. How's it going, guys? Real good. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> nice <laughs> and toasty after that shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got the Cabo Wabo. It was really good. I haven't had Cabo in a long time. It was yeah. real good. Um, and we also got Nitro Brew, Corey. Yes. yes. Thank you, man. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I appreciate man, you. Coming. Thank you for having this uh, platform. Yeah. It's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for the coffee. Nitro cold brew. Nitro cold brew. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, common first question. Um, from 18 to right now, but for you guys, let's just do from like you graduate high school to when you meet. And we'll start with Monica. All right. Uh, so, at 18, I graduated high school when I was 17. And I was working at the... Uh, infamous in and out burger <laughs> getting paid big bucks um and i also had a job in collections and so i was doing both i couldn't let go in and out because i just loved where the location was at fisherman's wharf in san francisco and um they have great customer service i learned a lot from there um i learned to be nice to people and to smile more <laughs> because i had a customer come up and say are you having a bad day? Because I wouldn't smile. I was just a, a bratty teenager. And um, yeah, after 18, I mean, I was 18. I quit in and out I kept my one job at the collection agency. And I was going to a community college for nursing. And um, uh, just doing my prerequisites there and was working there for about four years. Then in 2010, um, I started with a network marketing company uh, called ACN and selling uh, video phones and <laughs> and cell phone service <laughs> and just completely outside of my comfort zone. Um, I got recruited by my coworker. And what interested me about it was, um, I guess, uh, just an, uh, initially it was the alternative another source of income and it really just opened me up to entrepreneurship and to owning something instead of working for somebody and that was my first um first time being um, introduced to entrepreneurship and that was in 2010 when i started and then at uh in 2011 i went to a new year party well, it was like a dinner for a couple of the um, ACN people. And one of my friends said, um, we recruited this guy. He's a business owner. Um, he does motivational rap. And uh, we met him at a network marketing company. His name's Corey. He got dreads. And he's real cool. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll like him. They weren't trying to set me up or anything, but they were telling me about this new recruit that they, they got. And um, so when I met him at dinner, um, like we connected just, you know, good people. Not, I mean, nice, a good, good person. And, um, and was it love at first sight? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about this, yeah. too. It wasn't love at first sight, but there was definitely a connection um, and um, good conversation. And um, after that, we exchanged business cards and um, have been, you know, in each other's lives for 10 years now. So yeah. what's your story up till then? Um, so I was here. I was here in Savannah uh, to, when I was 18. And uh, I was trying to get through. I was actually trying to get through high school. 
<laughs> uh, I would say that I probably was not focused on school and I was focused on just other things and barely got through. And when I did get through, I was actually had this vision of uh, doing real estate. So I was around here on waters. There's uh, you see those classes that say I think it was Ben Farmer back in uh, 2008 <clears throat> and uh, Ben Farmer School of Realty. And I was able to I had some graduation money that I got from some family and I went to classes. And um, yeah, I just like I said, I wasn't focused. So I didn't pass any of those tests and I actually <laughs> decided to get into uh, the funeral business. And uh, one of my best friends, really, really good friend of mine, Adam's Funeral Home here locally, uh, I was going to work with them and was going to school for that up in Statesboro for uh, mortuary science. And um, yeah, I still had this vision of, of actually doing real estate but I just didn't know how like you know and while I was going to class with Ben Farmer at, at the at the Ben Farmer school um a guy like recommended that rich dad poor dad book and when I read it I I, I just decided I didn't want to be an agent and I think that kind of like stopped me from staying focused on learning whatever I need to learn to get my license and and I just didn't I didn't pursue that anymore and uh yeah. And then I actually um, left college, I guess it was a technical school, Geechee Technical School. Have you heard of it? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. So you heard of Georgia Tech, I mean, uh, Georgia. Georgia Southern Yeah, up in Statesboro. Yeah, yeah. So it's right next to that. And uh, I was going there for a little bit and I had I made a really big decision. Um, I made a decision to uh, move to San Francisco. And uh, what spurred that decision? Uh, my father, my father decided to start a business, um, up there and I just, I had to make a decision on, do I want to, you know, I have this commitment with one of my best friends and his father on pursuing mortuary science, pursuing the funeral business. And my father asked me to partner with him on a business. And so I, I made that decision and, um, yeah, I moved, and as soon as I got off the plane, like 9 o'clock at night, I started, I got into the janitorial business. So <laughs> I became a, uh, a, a um, started working in the janitorial business with my dad and, and uh, in San Francisco. So we went and cl start just clean, you know, pet hospitals, uh, art galleries, homes, all kind of different stuff, and uh yeah, it was actually the best thing that I probably, the best decision I made, one of the best decisions I made. You know, it's one of those pivotal moments in your life, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't look back, so. So while you were working there, that's when you guys met? N yeah, yeah, so while I was while I was working there. We started in with ACN. Yep, so I actually, um, just, just being interested in making money, you know, I was networking for my for the for the uh cleaning service which is basic green cleaning service and um they talked to me and a ac and and jason and 
Uh, they were cool. Yeah, they were cool. <laughs> and we just vibed. And, and um, you know, I, I, I kind of understood network marketing not to like an ex- to a su- I've never been in it, but like it made sense. And I know there's a lot of like negative stuff towards it, but it it was better than whatever I was doing before, I would say. And and so it was positive. And uh, they uh, invited me to the same event that for some reason the teams kind of meshed we were on like different teams so if you ever been have you ever been in network marketing before you've been around yeah kind of been around like it direct tv for like in walmarts for yeah yes. I did. yeah something yeah, like that. yeah yeah so you know you have different teams and stuff like that so we just happened to vibe the san francisco team with the south san francisco which is two different cities if you've been out there not okay, sides no, of town no, no, no. okay i'll right? keep that in mind and um and uh yeah i was we went to this it was a it was a it was a networking dinner and they asked everybody to stand up and they said, hey, tell us who you are, what you like to do and uh, how you got involved with, you know, the company. And Monica stood up and she was like, my name's Monica. And she said some things. And one of the things that caught me was I'm really I really like personal development. And I re- and, and I was like, hey, she's cute. And then AC like tapped me. I don't know if he's listening, but he <laughs> tapped me. <laughs> and I was like. And so, you know, I, I, I pursued her and, and tried to give her my card. And I don't remember if we exchanged cards, but I know I, I tried to give her my card. <laughs> and uh, that's how we met. And I, she actually blew me off for a little bit. And I was trying to, you know, connect with her. And, we, you know, when you're in your life, you do your thing. And, um, and we got reintroduced again because I, you know, I was like, hey, do you want to go to this networking event? Everything else wasn't working, so I had to pull this one out. I was like, do you want to go to this networking event? And uh, she, she, she went, and you know, we just kind of, we just kind of vibe with it from there, and it's been, it's been a great ride. So, how long did you guys work at that company together before you started in real estate? <laughs> and was did one of you jump first? Or was it the same time or? It was uh, shortly after because we met January 2011. Um, Corey, we would talk about our shared interest in real estate. And I believe you had already been going to seminars and knew of like Fortune Builders, which was one of the uh, first mentoring um, coaches that we got together. But we first he first he invited me to a rich dad, poor dad event. And we went to that and I was I was down. I didn't know what wholesaling was or rehabbing and I I was interested in it. And I've always been interested in real estate. I actually um, had a cousin who her and her husband were agents. And I remember just being real young and her husband told me um, real estate's where it's at. It, that's where you make big money and <laughs> I didn't have anybody really influence me in c- career wise like my parents or anything no one really talked to me about career I guess and so he was really the first one that like made an impact on me on like going this direction but I went to nursing because <laughs> I felt it, it was a safe route um, but um, so we went to that rich dad poor dad seminar learned a lot i wanted to sign up right away and they're very convincing (laughs) on uh furthering your education he was like let's hold off there's this other company called fortune builders and um i know more about it and um we went to another event 
So it was like that was like mid 2011, maybe uh, July or so when we first went to that real estate event. And then we went to like so many networking events together. We went to a lot of um, seminars together. And that's how we really connected is like through that personal development realm of just learning and diving into different arenas like real estate and growth stuff. We actually <laughs> didn't really we 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 were we were learning as much as we can and soaking ourselves, but we actually became business partners with my father in the cleaning business. Okay, so you guys together kind of got into that before. Jumping. Yeah, so ACN was um <laughs> i was thinking because we got into fortune builders late uh late 2012 we met we did yeah you're right we did we did we pushed it but around that it was all meshed it was yeah, all kind of meshed together so and then meshed. we and we got together and we and she we we lived together you know and in san francisco and um was able to to really work on a nut on the on the cleaning business mm-hmm. and uh but during that time, we kept our dreams about building our real estate business and putting in the work like, you know, we would go put up bandit signs, you know, we would uh, do different things in that nature while we were still like cleaning or, you know. And, I still had a job, too. And you still had a job. You were working. And the seminars, and, they really, um, they helped us raise money, raise credit. And so after the first seminar of Rich Dad, Poor Dad that he and I went to, um he they taught me how to raise uh, money on my credit card and i think i raised like uh, ten thousand dollars and it was a lot for me i was 22 and i was like oh damn i just got ten thousand what are we gonna do with it and um we after that rich dad seminar they taught me how to raise money on my credit card and we went to fortune builders and (laughs) we uh joined their jumpstart program and got a coach and that's who Brenda Reynolds, um, shout, shout out, out to, to you. Brenda. Yep. Yes, she <laughs> was like my my mom <laughs> in real estate. And she uh, we did weekly calls with her and she gave us tasks on, um, you know, doing our elevator pitch, doing our credibility, credibility packets, putting out bandit signs and just walk us through baby steps into real estate. And um I was very brainwashed into entrepreneurship with uh, network marketing and real estate. And I was like, one day I'm going to be financially free and I'm not going to have to work for anybody. At the end of 2012, my wishes came true and I got laid off. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the universe delivered what I wanted. I didn't want to work there. I was so unhappy, but it came at the most inconvenient time. It was like November and um i was Corey was like i was excited (laughs) (laughs) he was he was like you have to start your llc and and he was like overwhelming me with good stuff like you know pumping me up like it's gonna be good but then at the same time i was shocked that i just got laid off like what am i gonna do And, and then um yeah we were just hustling um his dad asked me to uh, be a partner in the janitorial company too as we were going through our coaching with real estate so we were doing that and we were real broke i had just lost my job and uh putting out banded signs and i one specific time when we were putting out banded signs in oakland which is across the bay bridge we were so broke like we barely had like five dollars to come back 
And um, <laughs> this was around Christmas time. And my mom just gifted Corey like a $50, $25 Best Buy gift card or something. And he said, oh, I have this Best Buy gift card. <laughs> you know, we can get snacks from Best Buy. To finish up our route. For, right. To finish up our route <laughs> and refuel. <laughs> And so we went to Best Buy, got chips and sodas and whatever. They don't got much at Best Buy. (laughs) And like we literally had to like look through to find coins and things to get the toll for the bridge coming back. But we were so committed. We'd write on a piece of paper all of our spots where we put out bandit signs every corner. We'd take pictures um, of where we put it so we can remember to come back the next weekend and put it back when somebody takes it off in oakland in oakland yeah we were like in deep east oakland west oakland west oakland was like probably my favorite area because it was just so so many places to put signs yeah very is is oakland like rough is it nice i don't know it's all it's all of it but you know it's known to be uh you know it remind it it can be it can it's a big city man you know it's a metropolitan city city so you know oakland detroit very similar It has a bad reputation. Um, And like when I was growing up, I grew up in San Francisco and my mom would say, don't go to Oakland. It's dangerous. So I was, you know, programmed for that. Um, So every time I would go to Oakland and I'd tell her I'm going to go put up a sign, she'd be like, be careful. (laughs) So we'd be in Oakland at night because we didn't want to get caught putting up bandit signs. And and so we'd go at night and um, and just it was risk it i look back at it <laughs> yeah talk yeah how long were you guys doing that before you got your first deal man it took probably like six eight months almost mm-hmm. yeah oakland it was a while we just kept putting them up, kept 2013, putting them up. but we weren't doing them like super consistent either like it wasn't like every single weekend i think it was here and there and then you know we had another business so it was it was kind of like uh you get shiny object syndrome. There was a lot of that kind of stuff going on too. I feel mm-hmm. where we were like, okay, we got to focus on our cleaning business, get this set up. And then we can, and then you'd have moments where you're like, I got to go put these signs out. I've, I done spent the money on the signs and you're like, you battle, you know? So like anybody that's actually listening to the, to this, like if you're going through that, like mm-hmm. just keep pushing and keep putting, doing what you need to do as far as money making activities, marketing, mm-hmm. because that, I think that's really, really key. In, in our life and it keep we always remind ourselves like if we could get through that you know all the other obstacles that come our way is, is a lot easier you know right. we were looking and stamping and signing probate letters and we bought this program called deeds from the dead preston ely preston ely <laughs> and that um helped us get into direct mail and we would print out like hundreds of letters and just lick and stamp and and at, be scared at his to answer the phone. At the, yeah, and be scared to answer the phone. That mm-hmm. was, oh my God. So that we're was in like hurdle. one of the most competitive markets in the United States of America, right. the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't even know it was that competitive. I just was scared to answer the phone because I was like, what do I say? And I had the scripts and everything. Right. <clears throat> A lot of people experience that. Some people are rogue and they just, they're good at this, right? So, you know, it's, I don't think everybody is, uh, is uh, you know, it's it's not all what is it rainbows and cupcakes all in the yeah. beginning right yeah it, it can take a while and it all d- depends on your your uh, focus too when it's like a fantasy up here it's a lot easier to yeah you know put a 
like a see it through like a a certain light, but then in reality, or when it goes when it comes time to sink or swim, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to know. I don't know good. if I'm ready to have this conversation right now. Yeah, yeah. everything yeah. looks good from like far away, or but to know the hard work and the rejection that comes with it is another thing, to, and to be uh, bulletproof. You know, to be able to handle that. And there's a there's a big level of imposter syndrome, too. Um, I was maybe 23. We were at that time 24. So I was dealing with, who am I to be offering these older people offers on their on their home? And what do I really know about real estate? So there was like a learning curve there and just really had to do a lot of self-talk and just dive into learning. And it's the only thing that I had control of. When in doubt, grow. So that's what I did, and I continue to do. Just learn. In the beginning, when you guys were doing that, was your intention from day one to wholesale? Or was your plan to, like, like you had said that you had figured out how to raise money on your credit card. Were you going to mm-hmm. leverage that to, like, buy a property? Um, Not the whole 10000 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no. no uh, well. What you want you? me? Yeah, yeah. So... Like, um, I think it's important that like get around the right people because that can help guide, you know, what your, what your, your goal is, uh, for us. And, and this is me sharing the vision with her too, that I learned from Than Merrill and fortune builders was don't make yourself just a wholesaler, Mm -hmm. like be a business of solutions. And so that's why the company's name is Savannah home solutions, because I'm not a wholesaling is a strategy. Right. Yeah. It's just a strategy. Right. And so, you know, uh, rehabbing is a strategy. Um, rental properties is a strategy. And, and so these are strategies to exit out of the investment or exit out of the situation. And, and it's it really comes down to control. And so if you can control and put yourself in a position to control the, the, the asset. Right. Then you can make those decisions. But no, our goal was to build a business, you know, build a business that actually creates income and provides uh, jobs and basing it off of the E-Myth formula. Mm -hmm. So from Michael Gerber. So, you know, knowing that, hey, there's going to be a ton of time that I'm going to be a technician in this business and I have a job. Right. So, like, if you ask me right now, what do I do? I'm marketing and sales because that's my job for the company. And I have other things, lead and vision and all that kind of stuff. But my job is really marketing and sales and making sure that the company can generate revenue. But that's the goal, right, is to build a business that actually, like, sustains time. You know, like this weekend I was just thinking about, I actually, not just thinking, I actually drove to Atlanta, put myself in a, in a hotel room and, and, and took the whole day to think about what do I want my brand to look like in the next 50 years, um, because I'm not just wholesaling. I'm just trying to make some money. I want to build a business. And being from Savannah, I was telling her this this morning, like being from Savannah, you know, there's a ton of, this is an old money type of town. You know, you got Yates Astro. I think they've been in business like 90 years, right? And so I had to really think like, what do I want my brand to look like in the next 50 years plus? You know, what do I want it to, to be? What do I want it to represent? You know, and I had to, it made me think like, how old am I going to be? Am I going to still be alive? You know, I want to still be alive. So making sure that, you know, I take care of myself too. But, but yeah, so like to answer your question, no wholesaling was a strategy, but ideally, you know, if, can I use, can I grab a piece of paper? Yeah. 
in a pen? Because I'll show you, man. It's this very is very visual. The formula here. Here, I can do it on the table. The form. I mean. What do you want to do on the whiteboard? Yeah. I'll post a picture of it. So the formula. Can I bring this? Uh, you won't be able to really. I'll just it. do it here. I, we could do it on the uh, the. I can do it again. But the formula here is I'm drawing a circle for anybody that's driving, right? Is there's uh, three types of income, okay? This is something I learned from Than and Paul and JD and these guys. And what we want to do is create a recession-proof business. So there's a lot of talk about recessions right now. I moved to San Francisco in 2008, which was a recession and all that. So that was something on my mind. When you're broke, <clears throat> you don't really feel a recession. So, you know, it's kind of <laughs> tough to, you know what I'm saying? Feel yeah. like <laughs> the world's ending when you ain't got no money either. But like when you do make some money and you want to build a, a business that's recession proof, you want to have three different types of income. One is active, one is passive, and one is portfolio, or you could call it legacy. And <clears throat> when I understood this concept, this is what I built the bit. This is what I'm building the business on. So people will always ask, okay, what, how should I get into real estate? Should I do rentals? Should I do flips? Should I get my license? My question is, where are you at financially? Right? I had no money besides whatever, you know, I could come up with by working and things in that nature. So if you have a job, that's active income and you should keep your job if you, you know, if, unless you get laid unless off. you get laid off, you know, <laughs> and you can start wholesaling. But what else is active income in, in real estate? Something that you have to work check to check for wholesale wholesaling. What else? Flipping, flipping, rehabbing, right? Yeah. Eight uh, commission checks. If you have a license. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, things you're out in the field, like grinding yeah. every day. To I mean, happen. just, yeah. Anything that's check to check that you have to work for is active and it's great income. I don't diss it at all. I think it's important income. Um, and then passive income is what everybody wants. Right. And so you need money to have passive income. Don't, I, I it doesn't have to be your money, but you do need some kind of, in, you need some kind of money. So passive income is rentals, you know, you could do Airbnb. I mean, we can take it down to niche it down to like being in Atlanta and having a movie theater. I mean, a movie set on land and, you know, niche it all the way down to commercial side. We're in a building that's passive. Right. right. And so yeah. there's commercial and then there's portfolio, which is lending. Right. Which is more like, um, you know, buying businesses, things in that nature, um, build, getting funds like, you know, different things in that nature. So. This is what I'm building the business off of and understanding that concept moving, you know, from the beginning, it allows me not to get too caught up in like being just a wholesaler, which I love wholesaling. And I, we probably, ex you know, extract that the most right now in this in the, in the current market. But yeah, it, I think getting around the right people is important and knowing cause she said something earlier and I was thinking like um, she said that when we went to rich dad poor dad not no no offense to rich dad poor dad or no nothing not one's better than the other but just knowing like who to learn from right and so i i think picking the right people to learn from is important mm -hmm. and um just like well what's that cobra kai you seen that? No, not yet, but I know it's great right now. Good, I was, I, I, I actually watched it all night, <laughs> like all night. And what's cool about it is that you got, you know, 
Mr. Mr. Miyagi, right? And then you got the other guy who was the who was the Cobra Kai teacher, right? right? Both great teachers. They teach similar concepts. They just have different ways of teaching. And so like every, you know, we're all in real estate, but we might just have different ways that we've learned. And so like, yeah, that, that right there is really was a game changer. So I'm like, okay, my focus is active income, whatever that takes involved with real estate. Cause my, my issue could be shiny object syndrome. I could be all over the place. Right. So, um, no, I, I think that's a long answer to your question, but I hope it helped. <laughs> um, let me ask you this then. So what did you do with the first, so the first property active, you wholesaled it? <laughs> so uh, we were going to a lot of RIAs also during that time networking. And we met the, this couple, uh, shout out to Jimmy and Christy too. JT. JT Investments. And Christy. Bayview Investments. <laughs> um, so they, they were um he, they were friends of ours and uh jimmy was just our go-to um call if we needed some guidance on where do we go with this jimmy we got this good lead and he'll ask us you know what are the tenants paying uh what do they owe and just all the questions but long story short we finally got a good deal and we joint ventured with him okay. and uh we he also wholesaled it too and at that time i didn't really understand that that's what he was doing it was kind of like yeah i didn't understand that he was jving it i thought he was buying it for rehab and so it didn't come it didn't click and so we just got a good lick or a good you know deal and we were like here jimmy take it do something with it and he did he found a buyer and he was and do you remember the call we got from him when he was like he found up he was able to get in a way yeah but go ahead i don't (laughs) so he he, so when he called us he was like hey um you know i was only able to to get the buyer at Twenty-four thousand, or, or the assignment fee to twenty-four thousand, and I was only able to get you guys twelve. I mean, I'm sorry. Is that all right? And that was a big deal for us. We he I, we he was on speaker, and he, we looked at each other like, and Corey was like played it cool, and he was like, I mean, I mean, yeah. I think he said ten, and I was like, <laughs> I was looking for twelve. Okay, I think so, just because oh. I was like, I have to negotiate. I was taught I have to do something. Yeah. Yeah, it was just such a good feeling. It was a lot of money for me, you know, at that time. It is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And just it felt so good um, to finish. Um, You start something from point A and get it to Z. And so we, um, Jimmy, put it through title, opened escrow and all of that. And um, we got the email, said your check's ready. And we went to, I went to pick it up because I think, Corey, you were on the road working. And I went to pick it up from the title company. It was just so unreal to walk into a professional establishment and pick up a $12,000 check. It feels weird, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So first time, it's like, like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> like, God. Does this feel loud? Yeah, I know. Exactly. And my, I just was so proud and showed it to my family like it's real. You know, like, don't worry, I'm going to be okay. Like, one check. We're rich now. Yes, seriously, how I felt. Um, but after that, 
It took us three years to get another deal. So. <laughs> three years? <laughs> really? Because we, we just had stopped. a lot going on. Yeah, we, we had, had a lot our going janitorial on. company, and we're really that was from on the that. momentum from months before of momentum. Yeah. You know, right? And um, I actually, I actually uh, got a big lesson from Grant Cardone. He was like, "Look, if you want to build a business, you want to do anything, like go learn sales, get a job." He didn't like tell me that personally, but no, but he you know, preaches yeah, that. Yeah, he says yeah. that, and so I had this. I had a great relationship with Fortune Builders, and uh, I went and applied, and 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 got a sales, you know, um, advisor kind of job with them. I actually had a, another job with them. Um, I was uh, working as a mastery admin, and so I was like doing paperwork and um, the seminars that people go to that they talk shit about. And all that i was there and um you know believed in in the company that i was working with and still do 100 percent. some of the best education i'd say i'd say fortune builders to me i've been through it and a lot of my friends have been through it and it's the yale of real estate most people talk crap about them because it's it's more than what they can that they'd want to pay right right and yeah. so but the coaching and i don't i don't have any ties to them right now besides just still getting the education that i get from them and um and there's other great education um platforms out there too it's just the one i went through uh one of the ones that i went through but but yeah man i, I was i had a job doing that and and uh, that really changed because i was able to really get a sales job and that that i would say like if anybody has an opportunity to get a sales job like do it at least for three years two or three years I'm, and then Monica actually had an opportunity to have a, a role in sales as well in San Francisco. Yeah, that was later down the line. Um, in 2017, that's when I got my real estate license and um, was with this local brokerage well-known in San Francisco. San Francisco has its own culture like it's its own country almost. So with this brokerage, it was just very... Um, it just it was a it was a solid brokerage um and again going through and interviewing with different brokerages and looking at the pictures of the agents i had that imposter syndrome again like just seeing how well manicured everybody was just like suited and booted you know and um i just uh was like who do i go to where do i fit in and with this with uh, vanguard i just felt um, like it was my home. It was on my uh, on, in in the mission, um, the neighborhood I grew up, their main uh, location. And so it was very nostalgic and perfect, uh, pro perfect brokerage for me. So um, I'm learning from like top agents. I uh, right away, I wanted to get mentored. Um, so I, I talked to the uh, the manager about getting mentored and um, got interviewed by uh, these two brothers, top agents, um, Aaron and Michael Bellings. And um, they uh, chose me as their mentee. And for one year, I learned um, uh, the ins and outs of real estate. They walked me through all my transactions. Um, I wrote many offers, many, many offers. And wrong. I've looked back at offers that I've made and I've wrote... <laughs> I've had typos on my offers and they didn't get accepted, but, um, I've, yeah, I, I went through a huge learning curve, <laughs> but I, uh, was able to close, um, over 
two million dollars in real estate in San Francisco, and of course numbers are a lot bigger there. You know, one deal's a a big lick, <laughs> and so it was. It was a. Um, I learned sales. I learned um, just uh, just a lot. Yeah. So then, what then? So you're making two million, or you're not making two million, but you did two million dollars a year in sales selling real estate. What brought you then here? Well, we Corey grew up here. Right. in savannah and so we're both in san francisco and um we were doing marketing in the bay area again around 2016 2017 and we had already stopped doing the janitorial company and um we talked about going into different markets and since Corey's from here we have boots on the ground here which is his mom and she wants she had interest in getting into real estate and so we're like, let's do some marketing there and see how it goes. And um, we got a lot of leads and more than we were getting in the Bay Area um, with, you know, our, our bandit signs and things like that. And um, it just, it was starting to just roll, you know, getting leads and things like that. And um, so we made a big decision to move here. And um, I stopped being an agent so we picked up everything, moved here, and full, been full-time since 2017 as uh, with Savannah Home Solutions. Yeah. So how many deals <laughs> <laughs> How many deals did you guys end up doing in, in San Francisco then? Do you remember? One. So just the one? In yeah. Oakland. And that was it? Yep, that was it. So I, I, like I said, I, I, it was a little – so there's some, there's some strategy behind, behind it, right? So – we had our cleaning business, so I, I decided to leave Fortune Builders to focus on the cleaning business. And we were doing that, and I realized, like, man, <laughs> I still have this vision of doing real estate, you know? And so when I got this sales job, so I went back to Fortune. I left Fortune Builders, and I went back. And when I went back, I applied for a different position. I wanted to learn sales. And when I, when I was on the road, um, I wasn't doing as much marketing, but I was like, you know, I know it takes money, some kind of money, whether it's a credit card money or your own to, to do a direct mail campaign. Right. You know, to do anything, it takes some kind of fun. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my money, I'm going to take care of some things, some personal stuff, and then I'm going to like start pumping money into marketing. But I always believed in like, you know, just go back to the basics, you know. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, uh, we, we just we, we got some more coaching sessions with Fortune Builders. Uh, with one of the coaches, Christy Duckett, out of um, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And the reason being was my mom in 2000... Let's go ahead and pop those. <laughs> Another thing of coffee right here. Yes. Nitro cold brew rice. Thank you, Josh. Um, so my mom... <clears throat> my mom was was working at uh, AJ's. You've been to AJ's Dockside over on Tybee? No. So on Tybee Island, beautiful, beautiful restaurant, AJ's Dockside. My mom was working there, and she had just left a, um, working at the Savannah Convention Center. And I was learning about how do you, like, I was learning about all this real estate stuff. I was working at Fortune Builders to be around Than and Paul, and they were talking about, you know, retirement and stuff. And they make you think a little bit deeper and all that kind of stuff. And so I just I was like, Mom, what are you doing you got saved up and what are you doing for retirement you know and she said some things and I was like you know I don't know if that's I don't know if that's gonna cut it and I said I don't really have any money but I really like Savannah and I'd love to you know do some business down here 
and I was visiting because I was flying around the country. So I was using all the miles and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and so she was like, I'm down. So like I said, let go to Atlanta. They have an event in Atlanta. I can get you in the event. I'll be there. And if she didn't show up, I wouldn't have we wouldn't have been in business together. But because she showed up, she's one of our business partners here in Savannah. And so that was a big, big, you know, test because I was like, you know, I really want to do something to help her set herself up for for retirement, you know, whatever that means. And um, yeah, and that that really sparked my interest in, you know, talking to her about coming and, and not moving down here. We actually had no intention on moving here in the beginning. So what was going on was I was traveling and I we have a ton of relationships out in San Francisco because even though we did one deal for like three years, all we did was network in San Francisco. So and I did a lot of it. I did a ton. Monica would come, but she knows like I'd be out the door. I'd be in San Jose. I'd be in I, every networking event, which, you know, I was at. And that is was was huge because even though I only had I had no no deals going on, you know, people just I knew people and that helped a lot. And people seeing the hunger in my eyes and I was studying my ass off on learning, you know, through the coaching and through all the processes and all that kind of stuff. So I knew how to like find deals. And when we started doing when, when we started um, getting coaching, I was like, I'm going to start doing marketing in Oakland and then I'm going to do marketing in Savannah. And then, like she said, we spent some money here. And the phone, my mom's phone, I think, melted. Like, it was ringing so much. It was like an untapped market. And I'll tell you, man, growing up in Savannah, I wanted to get the hell out of here. I love Savannah, and I always have. But when you, any city, you probably, you know, probably from where you grew up, I mean, there's a lot of people that just never left, right? Yeah. And so, like, you tell people, just leave. And I think I just need to just leave, you know? And so, um, you know, because it, 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 I think it's important. I think it's important to, to, to leave at least for a year. Well, there's um, something in, in getting out and seeing the world. Seeing different stuff, back, right? yeah. Like LeBron talked about it when he left Cleveland to go to Miami and then back to Cleveland. He even said, like, all these other guys got these four years in colleges outside of their hometown. I've been stuck here in Cleveland forever. Me going to Miami was important for me to grow as a person, like, if I hadn't done that. like It's huge. Right. Yeah. It's huge. I, I would push anybody to do that. And and so then I'm, I'm visiting, you know, I'm seeing my mom come in here. I'm driving around. And I mean, our first deal in Oakland, I think it was two, two, three hundred. I think it was one seventy and we sold it for two something, two twenty or something like that. I can't remember exactly the numbers, but I do know that her deals that she was working on in San Francisco were a million plus. She was making offers every medium price point in San Francisco was a million dollars. So I was making she was doing the retail (laughs) stuff and I was making about. I was trying to make like 10 to 20 offers a day on the MLS through agents um, in San Francisco and San Jose and all that kind of stuff. And then we were trying to do direct mail. I had friends they are like, yo, I just spent about 60 grand last month on marketing, just direct mail alone. And I'm like, I'm trying to put a thousand dollars together. You know what I mean? Like, let me let, let me start marketing in Savannah where these properties are just they're, they're different. Right. And so I I, I, I kicked it um I actually like what really, really inspired me, though, was, of course, my mom. But and and I tell Curtis this all the time was I I actually had a so me and Curtis are actually through this. We're alumni of Fortune Builders. And there was another Fortune Builder in San Francisco that was like, hey, I used to do masterminds with her. 
And she was like, hey, you should meet this guy in Savannah. I met him in Atlanta. And he was kind of just getting started. So we met. And he's like, da-da-da-da, talking about Savannah. And, uh, and, and, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy is coming down here and crushing it. And, and I call Savannah my hometown, you know, in my hometown. I'm like, <laughs> golly, if he can do it, I can do it. it it's, I've always had that mindset. It's not a, not a jealousy type thing. It's just, right. man, if somebody else can do that, I can do that, you know. And so he really inspired me just by his actions. And he, he knows it. But, like, that really pushed me, too, to, like, just take action. And I was marketing before here. I did, like, a short sale thing. But, man, when you don't know what you're doing, you don't have confidence. So, you know, when you know the outcome, that that's what brings confidence, when you know the outcome. So, I, I you know, that those those things combined really really got us here. And then, uh, and then just doing our networking, um, we would say, hey, we're marketing in Savannah. Mm-hmm. And goodness gracious, man, like. In the Bay Area, people were just like, "You got, I love Savannah. If you guys need money, we, we'll partner with you. We'll do this, we'll do that." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! People are offering us money like that. Like, let's look at this, you know." And so, um, money follows value. And when I learned that lesson there, it's like, just bring value to the marketplace, and you'll be able to make some things happen. And that, I mean, Savannah is a is a place where you can bring value to. There's a lot of value to be brought here. It's coming up a lot. Yeah. It's appreciated ridiculous. Like, just in two years since we've started, spots where we were running numbers, like Live Oak in early 2019, just to the middle of 2020, have appreciated like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I imagine from 2017 to right now, how much more has that happened? It's, yeah. It's it's cool. You know, it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So 2017, you guys pull the trigger, you move here. Um, and so in the beginning, it's just you, you two and your mom. We moved here in 2018, actually. We, we did like four or five flips without living here. And my mom was kind of running and gunning. And no, we did two. Was it two? We did uh, one complete flip without living here. And I'm then way the, off. And then <laughs> <laughs> it's like normal. And then the second flip, we came um, in June just to, to work on our flip. And we stayed a month, which was a long time. And that during that month, we started talking about moving here. Yeah, that's what, what would was. that look like? I was on the road, so it felt like yeah, I wasn't ever here. So we were here for that month, working on that rehab, and then um, and then we were like, let's just move here. And then um, Curtis helped us find a place. Helped us find a place, and um, that's the place that we're in now, still. Mm-hmm. You guys have built quite a company then in three years or two years. That's pretty impressive. So when I, because I, so July of our first year doing it, July last year, 2019, we went to one of your guys' meetups. And I was like, oh, these guys must be here for a long time. Like, they're killing it right now. Like, (laughs) look at this networking event we're at. Look at the Facebook page. So, like, how long after moving here before you guys really started doing all that kind of stuff? And, you know, we've, we've been blessed because, you know, the Facebook page actually, we, I call it, I inherited it. So, um, we actually, we were, we were handed that (laughs) by another couple. They Mm -hmm. had, uh, networking events, um, previously before and then we were just, they branded it. They did it really, and they, they, they had to move. You know, they had to move Nick to Nick and Emily. Emily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they moved to, uh, they were military. 
Oh, okay. So they moved up to the in around the Atlanta area. Shout out to them. I know, awesome, for awesome real. people. I don't. They just they just said we can't we can't run it anymore, and they and, and we so think I was you're like, the best fit. And all right. Yeah, it's we started kind of aligns, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it aligns hella much, you know. So I, um, so we just, I just, we started just letting people in and mm-hmm. <laughs> pushing it. It's been Savannah Real Estate Investors uh, Facebook group. Yeah, we can't wait to do live events, of course. Yeah. And Corey's uh, interviews that he started were doing really good. It was just a way for people to engage and kind of get that content so we're looking forward to having i seen laura at slides yesterday mm. and um I yeah was we like, would have them at slides mm-hmm. you yeah, came slides, yeah. and i was like sooner than later laura will be here she said we can open <laughs> up the doors for you and you know it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> the facebook page too is like a great way to okay so two two things i gotta say first off it's a great way to position your guys yourselves as like authorities in this space like i feel like that does a lot to you know any anybody that's in any market Look right now if your market has a Facebook page, because if it doesn't, I would highly suggest starting mm-hmm. one. But also, like, our first three deals? No, no, our three of our first four deals sold through that Facebook So page. we should take yeah. a tequila shot for that, because that <laughs> is awesome. That's you know, that's great. huge. Yeah. That's what it's for. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the case for a lot of people. Like, I talk to a lot yeah. of people, and a lot of business is done. Whereas, like, I'm in, because I'm in Facebook pages all over the country. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of them are just constantly getting spammed out, like, and people will post a deal, and I don't know anything about the market, so I'm not paying that much attention. But they're getting almost no comments, right. no interaction between people. But if you look on your, you know, our Savannah Facebook page, your guys' page, I mean, like, people are constantly interacting, constantly trying to do business, constantly making things happen, partnering up. Yeah, it's a it's a community. Right, and, and that's I, what I tell people that I speak to too. Like, add yourself to this group. It's very people are very engaged. You're gonna get some good deals here. I'll I'll tag them on comments. I'll tag them on your podcast and say, hey, listen to this podcast. I speak to out of state investors that are trying to get into Savannah. I'm like, listen to this podcast. He <laughs> he speaks to a lot of local people, and it's just like a great hub. It mm-hmm. it's so organic. So you got to continue the podcast. It yeah. goes right along. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> really does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how has COVID affected your guys' business this year? Man, it's been um. You know what? So last year, we stopped flipping. Or was it last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year we stopped. We stopped. We stopped uh, rehabbing. I, what um, was the decision making behind that? Was it just because you guys? Love I kind of just, I was just kind of like, man, you know, I don't know what's up. Like the market, like a lot of people, you know, like with the, I guess the election and this and that, and I just, I felt like it was a top or whatever. But I also, I also, I don't know. Everybody has. I, I was listening to to your podcast and, and uh, James JB was saying like he'll lock himself in a hotel to just figure out the next step. Yeah. So I feel like there was a point in my at that time where I was like, I know what having five rehabs going on feels like or four rehabs going on feels like and having no wholesale deals going on. No active income. Right. Coming in. No, no job, no active income. So I was like, OK. Remember, go back to to the formula, active income, wholesaling, right? Wholesaling will hedge. So when the student is ready, the teacher shall appear, right? So if you heard anything throughout our, our talk, which has not been planned, there's been a lot of coaching and mentorship mentioned. So we got another coach mm-hmm. through a company called Real Advisors and got a mentorship 
through that and they actually helped us put our business uh rafael vargas uh we really helped us put our business um and run it like a company over the past year and all he does is wholesale and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna position myself because i want to than always taught me like put yourself put your your wholesale business or your business when you have your wholesale deals to come in like a conveyor belt mm-hmm. you know like leads just come in and then you can cherry pick your deals your you don't have to be so emotional for your rehabs or your rentals mm-hmm. right and so um and you can wholesale everything else or you can pass it on to an agent the main thing is get leads in create solutions get leads in create solutions and so because money va- follows value right and so um yeah, I think that that is. He was doing all of that. Uh, who were we were learning from? He was doing that virtually already. So that so yeah, that's where we we're going. locking deals up over the phone was a game changer for us in 2019, and um, pivoted our whole business for our acquisitions team to start making offers over the phone, sight unseen, and by getting very familiar with the market, um, getting familiar with what investors are buying for not what's selling retail but what are investors buying for so uh we would lock up deals over the phone um in 2019 and completely uh did wholesaling all year yeah we were belly to belly and my mom you know she's a people person so she was like let me out of this yeah (laughs) yeah we got an office and i got screens and you know we use docusign and you know, I said, do not go on appointments. Like, we have to train ourselves to not go on appointments. Uh, I knew nothing about tough. COVID. Nothing. Like, that, it didn't, didn't understand. Exist yeah, what was that? You know, yeah, so I mean, then, so honestly, when COVID hit, man, it just, it created, you know, a lot of certainty um, because I was like, okay, we're, we're, actually, it did not create a lot of certainty. Let me, let me back it up. What created certainty was knowing that we, we did all that. We were in Puerto Rico. Uh, at our last uh, like quarterly mastermind. mastermind with Rafael and, and real advisors. And we were told to get, get out of Puerto Rico now, right, like now. right now. And <laughs> I even was like, flight. man, I got to go. like, I was like, we were, de- we were at the, 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 I guess the ports or whatever. And it was empty where the, where the cruise ships come in. And I was like, is it no- it's Saturday? I'm like, is it normally? And the guy was like, no, because of the, I don't really watch the news like that. I'm not really hip. I mean, I try to keep up with it, but, you know, it can be negative, right? Right, yeah. And so I try to, you know, and so I didn't really pay pay it no attention. And I was like, we got to go. And we didn't understand the... I just um, seen Italy shut down. I was like, we How serious go. it was, a pandemic right. or a virus. Like, we didn't understand until, like, <laughs> so we're on people the plane started like looking like... <laughs> ghosts like they just seen a ghost like we went into this small hat shop and i we were asking when do you close he said oh, i don't know i mean probably soon because no one's here they closed yeah, the ports like and weird, he just man. looked like he's seen a ghost so yeah it was a weird vibe all over and that was like when it hit us something's really going on and we were in puerto rico having a great time um learning and just enjoying ourselves and we went back and we're like what are we going to you know, what, what are we going to do from here? I was going to say like this, but what, what was crazy about COVID was that living in Savannah, we, you know, I, I run in the mornings. And so I see all the, the, the war and, the, and all that. kind. Of, I felt like I was at war because I was like, this is, 
this is a, a, a moment in my in my career in business where I have to step up and be a leader and make decisions. You don't make a decision during this time. You could you can ruin your business. Right. You can ruin everything. And if you do make a decision, you know, what decision is that that could change the trajectory of your business. And so we didn't have a big office. We had, you know, actually smaller like than this. Than this. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, similar to this. And, you know, this is a, a great size office. Um, we had about two people in there and uh, we just shut it down and put everybody at the house. We grabbed the desk. We have an overseas team, so it was kind of easy s- to simple to kind of get them aligned. <laughs> but, you know, it was like um, it helped, man. It helped align us because of Zoom. And then, you know, I stopped hustling and started being a CEO and learning how to be a better CEO. And that helped a lot, too, I would say. I just kind of stopped like having the hustle 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 mentality uh, which is good but I, I started learning how to be a better reviewer because I had a team so I right. was like this is an opportunity and then we pushed the gas on marketing and everything else did you guys slow down at all then or was it just speed up things right slowed away? down for sure like our mm-hmm. you know that month was was rougher because you know buyers as you probably know man everybody hard nervous. money lenders everybody was like there was a slight pause there. Mm-hmm. The buyers were just very uncertain, so they would push things off. It looks like a good deal, but we're just not sure. We're going to see how things play out. So it did cause some, like, damn, like, what are we going to do with these deals, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that, um, it wasn't that long, though, long of a period of uncertainty. With we were the, blessed with the in Georgia. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah, yeah. Messed up. California yeah. construction oh was shut down. Yeah. Yeah, how are your guys' friends in, like, San Francisco doing? Like, are they... Struggling, struggling? because they're landlords. They have a portfolios and things like that. Some of them are. Some um, of them, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, it's a challenge, I think, just to work around what's going on with the tenant laws and things like that. But a lot of people in San Francisco, like, some of our friends, they have properties in Georgia or they have properties in Florida. You know, like, they don't buy much out there as far as rentals, you know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard from a lot of uh, bigger investors here that the pandemic's almost been like a blessing because they were so scat heavy. And now they've diversified their portfolio mm. to have all these new tenants that moved in from out of state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then once scad comes back, it's going to be like nuts here probably. I, I think imagine that rent's gonna... a lot of people in real estate kind of, I could be wrong. You know, I think there, there's some that, that really got hurt, like the commercial or whatever. But a lot of it was still on fire and was on fire. And I think it was one of those asset classes that people were like, oh, it didn't go like things are okay." But, you know, there's no it was already before the pandemic, low inventory and interest rates were already low as it as as I think it was. I don't remember what the rates were at the time, but like having low inventory and low interest rates, you know, and a demand and being in the southeast like. Whether COVID hit or not, people were still moving here from yeah. from up there, and and remote work was still happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it just accelerated it. So like things were, it was like a perfect storm down here. And also, I would say a lot so, of people from the north, like bigger cities, metropolitan cities like New York, they were moving down here. So the buyers that I was speaking to that were selling rehabs, finished products, their their end buyers, their retail buyers were from the northern states because they're they're a lot stricter up there is what i'm hearing and you know the prices are a lot different here so there was um more opportunity and things were just still selling they still are and there there was a struggle though it just with us having that shift before it made it 
smooth. Like when you can get something in contract and then, you know, decide if it's a if it's a good rental or a rehab, analyze it, and then it gets passed on to Monica and her team and you know, they get out to the buyers list and it gets assigned and then, you know, being in, in, in doing wholesaling allows the risk to be a lot less. So, I mean, you're really risking your marketing dollars and your time. So you're not like borrowing money, putting money up. So we didn't have any projects going on. So I didn't have to think about like, oh man, like, are my lenders going to be okay? And even if, even if they, uh, even if we did like real estate in the history of it has not dropped like, like how stocks do right. all the way down to zero. Yeah. Right. So we're buying right anyways. So it was a lot of uncertainty, man. You just got to stay, stay positive. Uh, what does Robin Sharma say? KMF, keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that was the mindset for the team. That was the mindset for us. And we just, we got way more aligned. It was a mm-hmm. blessing in disguise for us. So going into 2021, you're probably like ready to rock and roll. Like, I mean, really going into 2020, if you hadn't made that transition, it might have been a little bit harder for you guys. But the fact you were already selling over the phone is a big help. Right. And now going into 2021, you're in an even stronger position, not even practicing it for a year. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. actually, a benefit in disguise, too, was we had a contract for a new office that uh, would have started April 1st. And we came back from Puerto Rico on March 17th. And so we were able to get out of our lease agreement for our new office, a bigger office, right before, you know, we were officially in contract, kind of. And so that was a blessing, too. Everything's virtual now. Yeah. And it was because, you know, people build their business and then they, they live their life around their business versus building their life and then having their business be around their life. Do I have that? The opposite? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, yeah. But mm-hmm. the most important thing is like it's a lifestyle business. Right. And I was always I you know, maybe one day we'll get an office, maybe, but like right now, man, I love the lifestyle business that we've been able to create. Like, you know, we're not I mean there's always you can always get one percent better every day. But at the end of the day, if you can build something that provides income for you and your family and you know, all that, like that's that's pretty dope. Do you think that productivity will become an issue? Maybe not necessarily in your business, but overall, right? You've seen a huge shift in the business world as a whole from going from all these corporate offices to houses now, right? And do you think that going forward that that trend will stick? Or do you think that people will start going back to the offices because of productivity and whatever issues arise from? Like, what is, I guess what I should ask more is, what's been a struggle in that? Like, because it came out, but couldn't have all been sunshine and roses. Was it mm-hmm. like... Was there a struggle switching from that office environment to, hey, now we're all at home, separate, not together? And, like, was there any kind of struggle during that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, but as I keep saying, I go back to just, I just try to get some help. And so I'll study whatever needs to be studied. So there's hub staff where, you know, everybody on the team logs in and time tracks their, their screens. And then we do recordings. Uh, voice recordings um, on their calls yeah and then we have weekly meetings you know I'm not we're more focused on hey hit your numbers you know with the team or whatever your KPIs are than it is like you need to be in front of your computer or your you know but you should be because you, you know it goes hand in hand and then rewarding versus saying you did something wrong so rewarding people on the good behavior so that productivity can go up so for instance like we have our our overseas team that that does calls 
here in in the U.S. for um, like cold calling. And one of the issues that we're having is attendance. So what we did was we started spinning at the end of the week and they can win five to ten dollars spinning, um, a, spinning uh, a, a wheel board. like a prize board. And so one of the things that what do you think they're getting rewarded on attendance? <laughs> So then, and you then you've know, seen a noticeable increase in the attendance. Well, th- that's one of the issues right now. So, so like you said, what's one of the struggles? Like, so we're we're working on that, but that has changed the game over the last couple of weeks. Where they're like, I gotta, I want to spin, you right. know. So my this headache that I have, right, can wait. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm gonna fight through it, you know, and things in that nature. But having having Zoom calls, having numbers that they have to hit having KPIs that they have to hit, which isn't perfect, you know, um, but like, for instance, hitting your five offers a day, right, and making sure that you're, you're, um, you're, you're recording those things and certain things like that are more important than like, you know, people have to go, they have kids at home, like things have changed. So you have to adapt with that, you know, but yeah, I mean, it definitely is, that's definitely something to, to keep in mind mm-hmm. is the productivity side of things, but you just, you got to put things in place too. Numbers don't lie mm-hmm. either, and production shows. So if they're not producing um, or hitting their goals, then we talk about it. Or it, we have, like, one-on-ones with our different team members to see where they're at, how's their workload, how are things going, regular check-ins, and Corey's been doing awesome at that. And this whole shift of virtual life has really connected us more and made us more stronger like wanting to reach out to every member of our team and seeing how they're doing it productivity is a struggle because not everybody can work from home and especially if you're used to being around a group of people and we had an office and just seeing people were human um and not everybody had the space for an office either um they what one of our team members had to have their desk in their bedroom with their partner there too so (laughs) sometimes we'd see them in the back you know like oh hey like (laughs) (laughs) oh good morning like we're over there like going strong fired up for our morning meeting and he's like waking up but like this it's real and i think it makes us more adaptable and um just rolling with it and Mm -hmm. and we have core values um staying true to our core values too and um just having standards, you know, doing the right thing. So going forward, um, so you guys said you would stop flipping. So then this year, did you start again? Mm-hmm. Or? Yeah, yeah. We picked up a duplex, 100 year old home, 100 year old historic home in um, Midtown, Savannah. And so that that was like the catalyst to our, our, uh, it's a different department than yeah. the wholesale. It's a different business, but you know, it's not a different entity. It's just a different division of the business. So building out, I'm big on systems and processes and uh, building a business to sell, even if you don't sell it. So, you know, we built it out to where uh, learning from Paul and Than and, and those guys too, having systems in place on the on the rehab side is huge. So, um, yeah, the goal is to do what? another we picked up one so our goal is to do 12 to 15 next year mm-hmm. so pick up at least one a month and it's uh, achievable though. I mean, yeah definitely yeah I it's mean, a big jump but it's definitely it can wh- be done when we have le- the lead source like it's all there we have the goal right. it's just about cherry picking 
mm-hmm. and getting them at the right prices and being ready also like Corey was saying it is a different department because uh, we have roles in our company already that we play and now we're taking on project management roles and um, and hiring contractors and and different things that have to do with the rehab so we're trying to balance making sure we're selling our wholesale deals and we're also managing our milestones with our project and wanting another project so and good scope of work yeah good good the scope of work really was a game changer this time around um having all of our materials picked out prior to so it's just like here it is and to our gc i mean there's a lot more than here it is but it it helps just to have the game plan there and now we can copy paste that into another property I've always felt like that was a natural progression, right? Because once you get at wholesaling, you can find deals. Yeah. No problem. And that's one of the biggest struggles, I think, of being, or maybe not the biggest, but one of the struggles of being a flipper, right, is finding good deals. So once you have that covered, then you can just deal with, like, finding good contractors. That's, like, the next hard problem, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Especially now. I'd say get a coach. Definitely get some help, man, because, you know, if I didn't have help on hiring a contractor, I would have hired definitely wrong. You know, the first guy that Hell sounded yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and the thing is, is that it's just when you don't, if you've not. So McDonald's, they have Hamburger University for a reason, right? You know what I'm saying? Because there's a standard, and so you know whoever you get coached by. I mean, it could be an individual locally, right? But the the thing is, is like, do they have systems and processes that they're following? Mm-hmm. Because could they sell their business? You know, and if that's what you're trying to achieve is to set up your business to where you can be a board member or you can just sit back and let let the business run over time, over the next 50 years, not in two. Right. Next 50 years, you know, you can do it sooner than that, too. But I'm just saying, like, it's important to have like some kind of because, man, it's the rehabbing. There's a lot. I know a ton of wholesalers that do 100 uh, 50 to 100 deals a year that will never do a rehab. Because it's too complicated for them. And I think it comes down to they just don't have a good coach. They don't have a good system. And they don't have good processes for it. Because it sounds like, yeah, I can just go, I got this good deal. Let me just go find find a rehab. I mean, go find a contractor. But, like, like you got to make sure, like, they fit your culture. They fit everything. And, like, you have the right system in place to, to, um, to really manage them, you know. You know, something that we've. His name has come up a few times, but one of the things that I I love about Curtis is his approach to how he managed the contractor problem, which is, I'm going to start my own contracting company. Mm-hmm. And they kill it. Like, yeah. I've, I thought, I've, I've always thought that that was pretty... And, and that, 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 that's the key, right, is that he learned how to manage the construction side. He got the education. We talk about this all the time. So he got the education on how to manage it, and he was able to bring it all in-house. Mm-hmm. You know, and now he has a whole division on the construction side and it's something that he loves doing, you know. So I think it, it, you're right. Like, you know, it once you learn it, then you can bring it in house. And so because it, it you could be doing it for 20 years and still do it wrong. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. and Michael Jordan was not a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like not everybody that's playing the game is not a good coach. Doesn't mean they're a good coach. Right. Like like Steve Kerr is a really good coach. Right. Right. 
So let me ask you this. What do you guys think then about the economy, specifically here in Savannah, going forward next year, five years? Like, do you think that the growth will continue? Do you foresee um, any kind of downturn on the horizon? What are you doing to hedge against that? It's a loaded question, but... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. You want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hedging, I, I would say wholesaling. You know, we, we host, we, what, we've done, what, two? Is it three? Two or three? Two? Jacksonville? Oh, in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did two oh, in so Jacksonville. Markets. Yeah, expanded yes. markets. So do two in Jacksonville. Step that game up. Um, hedging and you know, because hedging is like, uh, you know, if our rehabs are not, let's say we break even on a rehab, at least we have our wholesale business that's going. So the whole recession proof thing is still running down here as well, right? Um, but me personally, I would say that I think the economy is going to do well. I think it's. I think it's fine. Um, I don't try not to get too caught up in that either. I think it's for me, there's problems to be solved, whatever happens. Like there has to be some problems to be solved. Right. And like so right now, what's the problem? Yeah. Now? Inventory. Inventory's there's low inventory. Low. Right. So how can we provide a solution? There's always going to be, you know, somebody who passes away. There's always going to be people who get divorced. I think it's like a 40 or 50 percent rate. And then there's always going to be people who, you know, have inherited property that want to say there's always going to be some kind of problem. Right? right. And then right now, you know, there's a lot of tired landlords. People are just especially with what just happened. Like they're just sick and tired of dealing with people not paying rent and or they're just sick and tired of just being a landlord and with the government saying this and that. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like I like some of our friends in San Francisco that are like i'm out i'm out maybe at that moment they felt like that and then they got their checks at the first of the month but (laughs) you know they're like i'm out you know so if you think about like okay well who am i going to market to right landlords people that have owned homes for 20 plus years maybe they're tired maybe they'll tell me to kick rocks if i send them a letter right Um, so i think it's a focusing more on what we can control Mm -hmm. too instead of what's out of our control and how can we work with current events right now um i try not to get caught up in things too but also try to stay informed about the economy and what's going on but um i just try to have a solution-oriented mindset always (laughs) it's hard to find that balance isn't it like Big it time. Is. Like allowing all the negativity in your brain and being ready for what's coming yeah. or no, being in the know of, you know, like you guys got caught in uh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And had no idea there was like a pandemic. Right. Kind of, yeah. The yeah. good book that I read this year, it's, uh, I would say my top book of the year, Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And any obstacle that you have in your life leads you to your path it is the way forward so there are a lot of companies that that were started and built in recessions so it anybody can build something in any circumstance so i have that mindset as well that i'm going to always keep it moving forward and do what i can and what's the alternative you know cry in the corner <laughs> so yeah, i'm not going to allow myself <laughs> to just whittle and 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 just the negative. I guess that kind of goes into my next question then, which is who are you guys following right now? Who are you listening to? What podcasts, what books, that sort of thing. Where are you guys getting info from or what's your favorite book you've read this year? Well, well obstacles the way, obviously. Yeah. Any other, I mean, any other good ones? There's a recommend? ton. I've, I've read a ton of books. I do a lot of, 
ton of reading. I think one of the biggest ones this year I really wanted to learn. I have a bunch, so I'm going to ramble. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think one was Jekyll Island, the creature from Jekyll Island from Edward G. Griffin. You, you read that? Not yet, but one of my good friends just recommended that to me. It's really funny. Really oh, funny. man, it messed my mind up. So, <laughs> money. It's a heavy read. It's a heavy read. Um, it's a thick book, but that's a really good one. I think this year made me open like, okay, what is money? How does it work? You know, like, because there was a lot of, you know, everybody's got their side hustle. It was like one of them years where it's like, if 2020 didn't bring the hustler out of you, you know, you see those memes and stuff like that. So I was like, I want to learn more about money, you know? So I started learning more about this option trading and stocks. I'm not pursuing any of it, but there's nothing wrong with consuming knowledge. So you know how to take advantage of opportunity when it comes. So Jack diversifying right is not up, necessarily a bad strategy no having no. a little bit of diversification hedging your, yeah hedging yeah all right anyway sorry. um but jekyll island would be one and then on the spiritual side probably a uh, uh, 5 a.m club 5 a.m i'm club. reading that book right now That's yeah. Really yeah i'm listening to it on, robin sharma i'm listening to it on audible right now That's i just started yesterday so something i learned from him is <clears throat> don't just read 50 books like read one 50 times and um not only did i get you know get down and dirty with his book uh the 5 a.m club i also you know got involved with his coaching there you go again on virtual side <laughs> right and so in the mornings and stuff I, I really have gone i'd say that was that was probably a big that's a big reason why i would give my success and i'm not even talking like the the prosperity or the career wise the internal internal uh empire like the internal happiness and things in that nature um, your soul, your spirit, you know, your health, your, all that stuff. I learned a lot from him and dug deep. I read the book before and I, and I listened to his stuff, but like this year I really studied him and I studied his, his lessons. And that's why I was in Atlanta this weekend was one of the reasons, one of the reasons was because I had a plan to do the, the uh, million dollar weekend that he talks about, which is you just, you go and you take yourself, I didn't follow it a hundred percent, but you take yourself away by yourself and you think about what do you want your company to look like in the next 50 years? What do you want? What's the battle plans for that? Like, what does that look like? And that took a lot of strategic thought, you know what I mean? So kudos to that. And then traction. I haven't made it that far in the book yet. <laughs> traction from uh, Gino Wickman, um, the, the EOS system, which is the entrepreneur system, um, it's just a process, da data, traction meetings, just gives you a whole blueprint. Um, the way we run our business is really based off attraction of and scaling up. So, you know, we just run it like a Fortune 500 company. You know, like yesterday we had meetings all day, right, which some people are like, ah, oh, meetings. But, you know, for me and her, we both are leadership in the company. So, and my mom, we're, we're leadership. And so we have to kind of know like, okay, what's going on, communicate, and that's traction. So over the year, you know, and then 12-week year is a good one that, that I read. 12-week year it just talks about instead of having goals for the year, have goals for the quarter. Do as much in 12 weeks as some people do in 52. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And, and just have leading and lagging indicators. Like a leading indicator, you know, is I want to lose 50 pounds, right? And a lagging indicator is I'm eating plant-based every day. So that's something you can actually track, right? And so um, that's what that, those, those are some good ones. 
one thing we did with our team this year is we started a company book club. Yeah. So every week we have a uh, book club, and I think we're on our third book now. The one that we're on now is another Robin Sharma, which is uh, the leader who had no title, and that that's been great, great a game changer just to lead in your role exactly where you are, with or without a title. Um, and uh, I never split the difference. Never split the difference. How to win friends? Oh, it's a great one. Big yeah. time. Chris Foss. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The how to win, how to friends. win friends and influence mm-hmm. people was another read. And the one I'm reading now is David Goggins' uh, "Can't Hurt Me." Can't yeah. yeah. Whew, so good about <laughs> callousing the mind, and um, which means like you know when you do pull-ups, you get calluses on your hands, and you're able to do more pull-ups, you know, because you don't feel that pain anymore. And when you callous your mind and you go through so much hardship and struggle, you're bulletproof in a way. It's just like ah, oh, that didn't hurt me. I went through worse. Or when you're in a situation that's terrible, you uh, tap into the previous things that you've already overcame to say, like, I've went through that so I can go through this. So and you, you use it as fuel. And um, I'm on the last chapter right now. I love it. Um, and the way I consume books this year has helped a lot is I have the book and I have the audible and I do it at the same time. It's okay. like speed reading. Yeah, like and future, it's, same damn time. Game changer. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, what's crazy is kind of never back. I mean, it's kind of off topic, but David Goggins believes in this thing so much. You know what he does in the summers now? No. Oh. This guy's worth millions of dollars, right? And he'll go to Montana. They drop him in the middle of the woods and he's with this elite unit of firefighters that live off the land, digging trenches all summer long, fighting firefighters with their bare hands. Wow. Like cutting down trees and like doing controlled burns all summer long. This guy's worth millions. I'm but he not just believes surprised. in that so much, believes in hardening your mind so much that he said he didn't want to sit around at home and get soft just doing the regular stuff. So he right. wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he, that insane? That's crazy. crazy. I love that though. You're, he's always just seeking the next adventure. And some people would say that's uh, why would you want to just put yourself in pain all the time? And I mean, he has a different mindset for sure. He's for pretty it. hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So much. Yeah. But another that's a great one. another person I'm I'm uh, studying right now is Jesse Itzler. Mm-hmm. So Jesse Itzler, he he, uh, you know who who Jesse is? Uh, he owns Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, he's he, a, he's he a actually had David Goggins live with yeah. him for a week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he wrote a book called Living with a Seal, which oh, yeah. is uh, a book about yeah, David yeah, yeah, yeah. Goggins, and uh, that's about that experience. I think it was longer days. than yeah, a week. Thirty days. It yeah. was yeah. A, a minute. That's who introduced me to yep. David Goggins, uh, Jesse Itzler. He's married that's... to Sarah Blakely, yeah, who is yeah. um, Spanx owner, Spanx, and Have awesome you ever seen entrepreneur. Because uh, he was on Joe Rogan. Yeah, we and he heard talks him. about the experience with David Goggins. Yeah, so we we've yeah. uh, we've been in di- different environments with him through Two. Fortune Builders and through uh, what? Mm-hmm. through uh, Grant Cardone at 10x 10x uh, thing. But I but I'm in one of his courses, so another you know coach. I, I love <laughs> I love stuff all in 2020. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, um, but hey, it, it helps. Yeah. It doesn't it hasn't hurt. Um, I would say he has a course called Build Your Life Resume. And it's all about building your life. So we schedule, and then I'm in a, in, so I'm in that, and then I'm part of a, a, a big ass calendar club, which is just all about like scheduling your life before your meeting. So we get caught up as entrepreneurs, hustle, 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 do this, do that, do this, blah blah blah. Got to have your numbers, KPIs, get your marketing out, blah 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 blah, which is great. But like, you know, 
like me i take that shit to another level and i'm just so into it and then i look up and i'm like i haven't scheduled a fishing trip i haven't done any golfing why do i have to wait because the bus doesn't stop and that's what jesse talks about life doesn't stop so you need to schedule it like a couple weeks ago i had a fishing trip scheduled this million dollar weekend thing was business but it was scheduled uh we've done some things together that were scheduled like I'm a go with the flow type of person. So for me to schedule something, it's huge. And so next year, I have the whole year pretty much scheduled out as far as fun stuff. Like I'm going to go to, you know, Asheville and go to um, St. Augustine and do some trips, some things that aren't business related. And um, also like like every month you have electives and you say, okay, like school, like, okay, golfing is an elective. I don't play it, you know, that much. But it's something I want to learn more about and play. Stocks is an elective for me. So I'll learn. Learn how to speak Spanish. Like these things I'm scheduling. And so that's a big, that was a big thing, man. Being an entrepreneur is so easy to get caught up in that and not realize like your life, you know, that balance is important. And Robin Sharma has a section in his book that talks about um, a couple of things. But one is the rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's a... Uh, you have to you got you got to put the spurts in the hustle, but there has to be some rejuvenation time, and so um, reading and, and learning is is really big. Uh, he also talks about the titans decline, which just means like a lot of people they hit they get a certain level of success and they just stop learning, they stop educating themselves, and then they they you know like this whole COVID thing like a lot of people they got hit hard because they stopped learning about their industry, they stopped learning about like even like. You know, there's restaurants that probably was not with Uber Eats. They were like, they charge too much. But then COVID hit. And guess what? They got they got themselves on Uber Eats. They're behind they, the, you see behind what I'm saying? Ball, so yeah. like if they would have maybe studied and seen the sales and maybe tested it out and tried like. So, yeah, those are some great. I love I love that stuff. So maybe if they started to learn to start making offers over the phone, like before COVID hit, <laughs> like they'd be better off. Could, no, no. <laughs> But it, it helps. It helps. It gives you a competitive advantage to be able to like, like you're learning, you know, Robin Sharma, right? He talks about it. 5 a.m. club, like the first 20 minutes he goes and runs, right? Or he does some kind of sweat, some kind of like at 5 a.m. And so for 20 minutes, well, when you're doing that, if you're listening to a podcast, hint, hint, the MPG, right? <laughs> and you're actually like learning some stuff from the podcast, right? And you're going through that. You might go back to the office by 6 a.m. or when you go back home and you got like you got some ideas on how to take your business to the next level before breakfast, you know, that can help you make decisions maybe six months from now. And if you didn't do that run, you slept in and you decided, hey, you know, today is cold outside. I'm not going to do this. You might have missed that information. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you guys give for advice? Um to somebody just starting out day one what's your biggest <laughs> piece biggest piece of advice day one somebody just starting out or yourselves day one you go back and tell yourself something what would you what advice would you give answer the damn phone, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, phone. seriously if i could give my self advice when i first started it was answer the phone because it was scary it's like it weighed it weighed 500 pounds i just could not answer it i would do all the uh behind the scenes efforts putting out the mail doing the marketing doing that stuff but when it came to 
taking uh, it to the next step and actually watering that lead, it was very scary. Um, so just going through it, taking it from point A to Z, from lead to close, and um, yeah, just always moving forward. Um, Grant Cardone says taking massive action. And that helps me a lot when I just feel like I'm procrastinating or I'm stuck in my thoughts. Um, taking an action, just moving, um, helps me get out of that rut. Um, I would I would agree with everything that she said. And, <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> and and add that you know I would I would say you know learn sales learn sales, not marketing, not just marketing, like two separate things, like the psychology behind it, get a sales course, um, invest in yourself. A lot of people want to know what's the next investment, invest in yourself and, uh, get a coach, you know, get somebody that can help you pay them. You know, like I don't have coaching program. I don't have any of that. I, you know, fortune builders is great. I think, I think they even dropped the price, uh, with everything going on. There's real advisors, you know, they're, they're down in Jacksonville and Tampa, uh, there's other like Kent Clothier. There's other coaches. There's local coaches, you know, just check up. Just at, like I think ask for verification, you know, ask for HUD statements. Mm-hmm. Show me your HUDs. Show me what's up. Show me what's going on. Right. You know, verify documents and then um, and then move forward on that. And just pick the right coach. Co- coach will help you a lot. It will get you uh, faster. And if you don't believe it, um, you know, it's going to be tough. Because I, I just truly believe in investing in that, even if it's just for the relationship. Sometimes that, that goes a long way. But um, take action. You know, that's another thing. Don't worry about everything. Don't worry about all the next step and all that kind of stuff. Just create a plan and just take a lot of action. Take a lot of action. Like every day, like do something. Mm-hmm. Do something. Because if you're just starting, you got to, like Monica said, brainwash yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to kind of like, hey. This stuff's going to work. Get around people, you know, um, and guess what? Your mentors don't have to be, they don't have to talk to you. They don't even have to know you. Like, right. like I have tons of mentors that are virtual. You we hear all me? heard it. Yeah. You guys just heard, <laughs> like I buy all kind of stuff, but I study it too. And then I apply it, mm-hmm. you know, don't let that stuff just sit on the shelf. You know, there's stuff that I've still pick up from three years ago. I bought, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is something I'm, it's part of, you know, my plan now I'm going to start learning it. You know, so hence the stock stuff. Right. So and then shiny object syndrome. Get away from that. Like like focus. Like if you're going to do wholesale and do wholesale, you know, if you're going to like don't limit yourself, but just say hey, that's a good start. If you're going to be an agent, be an agent. Like just focus on that one thing. Get really, really good at it. And if you can outsource it and then move around that, you know, but I mean, everybody's life is different, too. So, you know, go on your own journey and figure stuff out. And don't be afraid to fail. <laughs> that seems I like want, a good note to end. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. I would just want to add another thing that I thought about is if I were to tell myself something too was and would be invest back into the business because mm. when we made that first twelve thousand dollars, I bought you a purse. You bought me a purse. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, we did not put any of that twelve thousand back into our business. So I would say balling. I know we were balling out of control. Couldn't handle it. <laughs> cashed it and spent it quick um i would say make sure to put put it back into marketing specifically so that you keep that uh wheel greased and more leads continue 
to come in. So um, make money, double it, triple it, and keep it moving. That seems like a good note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. Um, is there any, like, what's the best place to, like, find you guys or find what you're doing? Would you say the investors page? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Savannah Real Estate Investors Group on um Facebook, answer all the questions. Don't skip them, or else you will be declined. <laughs> no, we welcome everybody. It's a good hub to learn and uh, connect, really. Are you on Instagram? Insta- yes. I'm embarrassed of my Instagram handle. I need to change. It's, uh, <laughs> it's InstaMonica, um, without the A, actually. InstaMonica. I need to change that. But, yeah, you'll find me there. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks yeah. for coming, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Thank you. All right, see ya. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you are new in the industry or um, maybe you just have a deal that you want to um, – walk through you can you can actually email me josh at moslerperkinsgroup.com that's m-o-s-e-l-e-r perkinsgroup.com and uh, i'd be more than happy to help you guys out any way i can um, or refer you to somebody who can if it's like a deal that i'm not too familiar with or how to do Um, also give give the page a like you can find us on facebook mpg real estate show share the show with your friends and thank you so much for listening see you guys soon